Welcome to This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Now is your chance to get caught up in all that's happening in technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now here's your host, Gene Destro. This week, new information about a very old advertising tactic, using celebrities to promote products. And while that type of approach has worked for well over 100 years, its effectiveness is changing as consumers increasingly turn to social media for information. For more details, we talked to University of Akron Assistant Professor of Marketing Alexa Fox, who, along with a researcher from the University of Nevada, recently completed a study of more than 30,000 social media posts from both high-profile athletes and regular people on Twitter during the 2016 Summer Olympics. And she explains why. Try to understand how words that were being used in these tweets that were considered authentic, so in other words, genuine, truthful, and words that were carrying clout that kind of indicate relative status in a social hierarchy affect the way that everyday users of Twitter, consumers, interact with celebrities. So we used a textual analysis program that quantifies textual information to connect word use to personality or psychological states and tries to determine the percentage of words in a given text in reference to psychological and content categories. What we essentially found was that everyday consumers' tweets typically are considered more authentic than Olympic celebrities' tweets. But when celebrities' tweets are sponsored by a brand, some sort of organization, they tend to be less authentic than their non-sponsored tweets, the tweets that they just write without any kind of sponsorship behind them. It's just a tweet they're writing out of their own desire. So because organizations like the Federal Trade Commission are now increasingly requiring celebrity endorsers to make those endorsements more explicit, they ask them to do things like include a hashtag that says advertisement sponsored, for example, in their tweets to indicate that they are, in fact, endorsements. Advertisers could be adversely affected by something like this. If explicit endorsements are perceived as less authentic and as more of a persuasive attempt, these endorsements may become less effective with consumers. And also, another interesting finding that we found was that you know, advertisers may be naturally inclined to hire the most famous Olympian that their company can afford, with the idea being that a more famous athlete is more likely to be more credible, more successful for a company's ads. But what we actually found was that a more expert celebrity, in this case, someone who won a silver or a gold medal compared to a bronze medal in the Olympics, may be less relatable to consumers. And so therefore, their social media posts may be more difficult to relate to as well. So it's important for advertisers and businesses to pay close attention to the authenticity and the clout of Olympians' tweets to really try to increase the consumer's desire to want to engage with them, which is ultimately the goal of social media and the whole reason why we want to try to communicate with people on that type of uh, technology. Okay, so I have a couple of observations. One, I think I'm pretty impressed with the savvy of the American consumer then that they were able to figure out the difference between a paid advertisement and a non-paid, spontaneous, oh my gosh, I just love this product so much, you really must buy it. You know what I mean? I think, I think it's pretty great that people can figure that out. Don't you? 
Right. I think it's interesting because people maybe don't necessarily realize that it might be sort of a subconscious thing that they're thinking about as they're reading these tweets. They might be saying, you know, is this really something that this celebrity, that this athlete is really talking about more genuinely, or is this something that sounds a bit of something that they're being paid to say? And I think that persuasion knowledge generally is increasing over time. People are more aware that celebrities are used for these kinds of things and they might, you know, put that filter on when they're reading some of these tweets, for example. But like I mentioned, the other aspect of that is that it is becoming more and more apparent for the Federal Trade Commission to say, look, you have to tell people when this is a sponsored tweet. It can't just be sort of hidden and left up to people to decide. So as those kinds of hashtags are being used or different ways that Twitter users or other social media platform users are able to indicate that kind of thing, it's going to be helpful for consumers to also understand, you know, when I'm reading this, I am reading something that's ultimately been sponsored by a company, not just a tweet that's been written by the desire of that celebrity, that athlete who just wants to write it because they want to. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's really great for consumer protection, actually. Just because they're a celebrated athlete, that doesn't necessarily mean that people are going to believe them more. And that actually... If they're not even that celebrated, but maybe just kind of famous, people believe them more than somebody who's like super famous because they know that that super famous person is probably being paid a lot of bucks to do it, right? Right. And they make it be seen as less relatable. You know, someone who has gotten a lot of fame, a lot of glory from their, you know, success in the Olympics, it just doesn't seem as relatable for the everyday person, but maybe someone who has more of an up and coming story, maybe they didn't perform as well, like I had said about the bronze medal Olympians, you know, someone that seems a little bit more relatable because maybe they're not so famous, their posts might be a little more easy for the average person to relate to, even though they are a celebrity, Um, you know, not to say that there's no effectiveness to someone who is, you know, mega famous or mega successful, but it's something to consider. And I think it's a bit counterintuitive, like I said, that what maybe many advertisers or brands would think about when they're thinking of hiring a celebrity. So um, I think this kind of gets at the idea even of influencers as well. You know, a lot of times brands might think, well, you know, whatever big macro influencer I can afford is probably the one I should go with. But there's something to be said for the nano or the micro influencers who, again, might be a bit more relatable for the everyday person. Well, I think that part of that, and I don't have a scientific basis for it, but just my gut feeling is that as the gap in income and opportunity continues to widen between the 1% and the 99%. And you look at these top paid athletes and gold medalists and, you know, super famous people, they're all in the 1%. And the 99% are looking at that going, well, that's great for you. You can afford anything you want and they're going to pay you. But how does that relate to me? That's right. And I think that that's an interesting leveler, so to speak, of the nature of social media, in other words, that you know, there is an opportunity to connect with people who are famous in the same way I would connect with someone who's not famous. You know, I can send a tweet and tag someone in a tweet who is someone I don't know in real life, who has tons of followers and has a very big following, maybe even off of social media, the same way I could do that with any person that I do know in real life or someone who doesn't have a lot of followers. And so I think it's an interesting platform it brings the playing field down a little bit more level in the sense that I can talk to that person the same way I could someone who's not famous. 
but they are still famous and they do still have a big platform and they can use that platform in a way that's maybe a little different based on their big following. So I think social media just kind of changes the way that we would traditionally interact with these athletes. If we're used to seeing them on TV, it's not easy as an everyday person to get ourselves on TV, but it is easy to get a Twitter account, right? So I think that's really kind of the difference is, um, you know, the way you can use the same technology that some of these people who are very famous can use it. And so I thought it was interesting that you chose data from the 2016 Olympics. Why did you do that? Why wasn't it something more recent? Well, as we kind of worked through the paper and the research, we had started with these tweets and we had really sort of seen some of these effects happening at that time. And when things kind of got moved around with the Olympics in what was supposed to be 2020 and it ended up being 2021, we wanted to kind of continue to pursue the research. And we'd already collected some of those tweets from 2016. And so as we were working through our findings and our conclusions, we didn't really necessarily want to wait for the 2020 Olympics to happen in 2021. So we, this paper has been a work in progress, you know, for, for a couple of years. And it really worked out that we were able to actually have it published not long after what was the 2020 Olympics, which of course were aired in 2021 is when it first appeared online. And now it's starting to actually appear in, a, in an actual issue of the journal. So kind of worked out well, even though, you know, everything kind of got all, all crazy with the timing of the most recent summer game. So now though, then you have the opportunity to add more Olympic data to it with the recent Winter Olympics. Is this going to be an ongoing project or was this kind of one and done and you're moving on to the next one? It may be something we'd be interested in in the future. I think that what we're truly, the big picture that we're kind of interested in as researchers is looking at how source credibility, in other words, a communicator's positive characteristics that affect the receiver's acceptance of a message might change in the digital age. And like I said, when some of these concepts came around in the advertising literature, something like source credibility, social media was not a thing at all. It was really just about sources that consumers didn't have access to themselves. So I think our bigger picture question that we're interested in is how does a concept like that change in the digital age where we do have much more access to the same technology that brands have access to, that celebrities have access to, And so this study was one way to start to accomplish that. So perhaps in the future, it would be interesting to continue to update it with more Olympic data or other types of data that we could look at to, you know, continue to answer this research question in new ways. That was University of Akron Assistant Marketing Professor Alexa Fox. And that's it for now. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5-1590-WAKR and WAKR.net.